Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, they look at turtles and say, are they ninjas or should they just stay out of sight? It's Sif Pop. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I had no clue what I was going to say there. I... I just, that was, you wanted to make it awkward. So I decided to make it awkward right off the bat. That's good. Thanks. It's always nice to welcome an audience with a (laughs) really awkward start. Welcome to Sif Pop with Aaron and Danae streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else is in the pop culture universe. Uh, We are joined today by our guru... It's the Curious Love! Hello! Woo! Yeah. Go me! <laughs> you! Go you! Yeah! Uh, we had, if you uh, can envision it, yeah. Lo right now is in a blanket fort talking with us. I am. Only I a am. few feet from an airport. <laughs> where we will This miss- is also true. <laughs> Forts and ports. Yeah. That's what Lo's got going it's gonna on. It's going to be fun. Hey, uh, do you blog at all, Curious Lo? Uh, no. I think I you should, not. if if you blog or or do a book or anything like or pen anything, I think you should go by the pseudonym Low Writer. I oh. think that would be I think oh goodness, Low Writer. <laughs> I think it'll work out just perfectly. No, we're glad to I'll have keep you that on. in mind. Yeah, we're glad to Thanks. have you on. Thanks, I'm glad to be back. Enjoyed having you on the first time and uh, excited to chat a little bit about some movies. Uh, we're going to look at uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Which story right off the bat before we get to the do we care. My son has started, my second son has started doing some of the prep work for my movie review videos that I do on YouTube. And mm-hmm. so I'm paying him just, you know, a little bit to, you know, prep some of the files he and the different Nicole. things. Isn't Thanks for That's rendering. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, and so every week I'll text him which movies I'm doing. And so I texted him that I was doing, this week I was doing Popstar and TMNT2. And he came to me today, this morning, and he said, Dad, there is no such movie as TMT2. He had no clue it meant Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it kind of blew my mind. It was like, well, yeah, because that's not really like a thing for him. Like, how would he know, you know, what to search for or what that meant? So I was just kind of like, oh, yeah. For them, it's a totally different thing. For me, it was like, you know, the most popular cartoon on every Saturday morning. And for him, it's just kind of this movie that came out a few years ago, and now there's another one, you know? It's sad. Is it sad? Yes. I think it's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's okay. <laughs> I think it's sad. Uh, but first, let's get into a little bit of Do We Care? Today's going to read a pop culture headline, and we'll decide if we care to talk about it a little bit more. Thanks to Caleb for helping us prep this section today. Um, I found a couple of interesting ones on my own, too. So, Do We Care? Inside, the Olsen twins hiding from paparazzi. Um, why, why are you doing this to me, website? <laughs> that is a weird that, headline. I, I really, exactly what I was going to say. I do care. I, I do care to know more. I really hate websites these days. Yeah, they have all these ads that will pop up, and then it completely moves everything away. 
and then it all you have to wait until tricksy little hobbitses they are is there like some kind of a chrome extension i can get that would just block all the ads i no, i don't think so it'd be nice somebody needs to make that (laughs) i would pay money for that because that was annoying okay here's the actual headline it's titled inside the olsen twins hiding from paparazzi brooklyn exhibit do we care about this Brooklyn? Exhibit? I don't even know what that means. I mean, I recognize yeah. who the Olsen twins are, but what are you talking about? There is an exhibit. That is uh, a horrible headline. Called the Olsen twins hiding from paparazzi. That's the name of the exhibit. It's an art exhibit? It's an art exhibit that is <laughs> pictures and paintings from this artist painting paintings? the Olsen. Yeah, paintings of the Olsen twins with their hands up hiding from paparazzi all over New York. Do we care about this? I just, I'm I mean, flabbergasted. Yeah. I don't know that I care. <laughs> I've decided, I, I don't care, but I've decided that I'm going to just say half. I think it's generous to say half. Half of being a, an artist today to get noticed is just coming up with a strange idea. Like that's half of the art, like painting well, like being able to put something on a canvas that doesn't even account for more than half of, you know, what it takes to to be an artist. It's usually just the crazy idea that they come up with. I think that there's a healthy group of people that are sort of accidentally or just obsessed with the Olsen twins on some Mm -hmm. level because they're just such a curious pair. Yeah. So I think I'm actually interested in this and I read about it. If you're interested in it, I found it on Rolling Stones and you can potentially get yourself over to Brooklyn, you know, if you're just (laughs) in the area. You can go see the exhibit. All right, next article is... I'm only going to see that exhibit if I'm there to see Hamilton first. All right? I'll go see Hamilton. Oh, my goodness. And then we'll go see the art exhibit. Of all of the reasons to go to New York, <laughs> yes. I think there's quite a few more, including there's this, apparently this really great donut shop there. Really? What's it called? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Then we're not going to be able to go there. We'll just walk around <laughs> looking for... Hey, guys! Where's the good... good <laughs> you know the donut The, the really good donut shop. <laughs> All right, next it's article. Around here somewhere. Indiana man is charged with murders. Referenced movie The Purge. Oh Ooh. no, I. Oh no. Do we care? I care just because I want to know. Like, is he using it as an excuse? Is he really insane and believes it's a real thing? Like, so you you want to hear more? Yeah, I want to know. Did so he committed Lo, murders you? and decided? Yeah, to- yeah. Yeah, I want to hear more. The the sad thing is, is he's like only like 19 years old. Okay. So he's just ruined his whole entire life. Um, an Indiana man charged with three counts of murder and a slew of other charges for a crime spree last month, referencing The Purge, which is a movie about a day where all crimes are legal. Court records are shown. You know, interesting thing about this was just a couple weeks ago, uh, we were chatting with somebody who is kind of like a younger person, mm-hmm. and she actually said, "Someone told me that The Purge is real." Is the purge real? Wow. Like th- there's this crossover with some, you know, things like this where people could pretend young people this, and specifically they were teenagers were like, I think that I think this is actually allowed that we can that there's like crime spree is allowed for like 12 hours just to let everybody. Like, how did that happen that they think that that's true? I don't know. But then this pops up in my feed uh, and I'm like, what? Maybe there are a group of young people who really think that this is a thing no i don't see you, you. i'm kind of i'm like i'm worried like great thanks the purge <laughs> thanks guys thanks for making a movie that uh, people are going to be inspired don't blame by the movie don't blame uh, the movie yeah. i i mean I, for me it's like i think what it is is that concept there's something really sticky about it like there's something really 
I want to say appealing, that's the wrong word, but there's just something about it that, that sticks in your brain, like it actually could happen, or it's an interesting idea, or whatever it is, and so I can see how those lines blur, but I think he's either crazy or lying. Yeah. I don't think anybody in their right mind would think that it that they would have a right to do that, you know, because a movie existed. That is an interesting feeling, though. Too. Am I wrong, though? I mean... No, I mean, it's it's such a weird, like, intriguing idea to have this like 12 hours where you can kind of do anything but no one's gonna do that and think that they can do it without being like googling when is the purge like (laughs) when is this day that i can do that they wouldn't just think it's any 12 hours they choose like that's true if they are dumb enough or (laughs) crazy enough to think that it's a real thing i would hope that they would at least try to figure out when it is i don't know i can see (laughs) i can see like a cult forming or something like that you know of people who want it to be real and so you know they make their own rules but maybe that's just movie culture you know weighing in on my brain you know but i i no i think he's either sadly uh... sadly crazy in our chat, Andrew mentions that the purge was June seventh, so they didn't even get that right. That's four days from now. So thanks, Andrew. Oh god. Now I'm. Oh yay. Now I'm. Uh, oh good. <laughs> now I'm checking all my deadbolts. So appreciate okay. that. Last up on Do We Care Today, Brian Singer would like to see Mystique get her own X Men movie. That's the title of the article, but this article goes on to just talk about, um, you know, even him as a director taking a step away from the X Men movies talking more about you know like the popular characters and what they mean to him so it this actually this article actually talks about a lot more than what the title indicates which of course is I absolutely common. care about the future of the X-Men franchise it's it's one of my favorite if it might be my favorite superhero universe uh the universe wow. of the X-Men I I just I love and I'm not saying the movies are my favorite please please let me be clear the Marvel movies the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies are incredibly better than the X-Men movies but the X-Men universe may be my favorite universe uh, to see done well. Um, what did you think about the last movie, Lo? Did you see it? Um, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I thought it was okay. Um, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I was sort of famously quoted as saying that it was meh. Um, <laughs> but is that on the poster? It is on the poster. <laughs> Actually, what it says is meh, but not in the same way that Steve says meh. <laughs> nice. But, uh, but I... I don't know. I I really loved First Class. I really loved Days of Future Past. And this one didn't do it for me. I didn't hate it. I just was meh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a f- deeply flawed movie that I still managed to have a good time at. That's, you well, know. Yeah. And the author of this article agrees completely. I don't, and quoted as saying, I don't know about you, but I was pretty disappointed with X-Men Apocalypse. It had some cool moments, but the mo- for the most part, the story, script, and villains all week. And Apocalypse, Apocalypse spent most of his time decorating his new world and his four horsemen. Um, But in the article, it kind of goes on to say that um, uh, Singer was quoted as saying, basically, I think Mystique is right for a standalone, whether it's with Jennifer or not. She has a different view on the world. Xavier can get into three row and look at the world, but he'd rather just teach classes and see the beauty of mutants and humans coexisting in this mansion. Uh, but along comes Raven, and there's a reality check with the state of the world, and it opens up a lot of avenues. I would I would love to see an X Men movie that focuses on Mystique. I don't like the phrase standalone, um, you know. But but I'm used to the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it's a Captain America movie, but everybody else is still in it. So it focuses on him and part of his story. That's what I'd like to see uh, for any of the, you know for Mystique for Night. I would love to see a Nightcrawler focused X Men movie. 
Um, oh, yeah. Uh, well, I learned last time when we were talking about X-Men that Nightcrawler is Mystique's son. Did yeah. you know that, Lo? I did, yeah. How do people, how, how does, it's, I mean. It's called reading the comics. It's something you and I, I don't know usually that. do. But. I, don't, I didn't know that. That is so fascinating. I mean, me. who's to say that it's actually the case in this version of the world? I mean, like, right. the whole soft reboot, maybe it's the same universe, maybe it's not saying, like, that throws things into confusion. So who knows? But yes, in previous incarnations, that is Mystique's son. I don't know. I'd like to see kind of that. If they're going to expand into her world a little bit, you know, see more about her person. But then she is an interesting character. So I did find that article interesting. That one comes from geektyrant.com. And again, more about Brian Singer and mentioned in there is that his next movie that he's going to be working on is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, with a little adaptation there. And he is planning on stepping away from the X-Men universe and then just doing some consulting and things like that on the project for the future. I'm wondering if Mystique and Nightcrawler and, you know, Apocalypse being, you know, the first X-Men and all the, they're all blue. Is there maybe a Smurfs crossover? Oh, my goodness. Gonna have it? Like, maybe the Smurfs are, like, the predecessors to the X-Men. Like, you know, that's where mutants really come from is the Smurfs invaded our world and... I don't want to think about it beyond that. I'm just saying. I was going to say, don't go much further with that one. <laughs> All right, Danae, you got any more Do We Care? Nope, that's it for today. All right. Uh, I think the answer, as always, is, yeah, we care a little bit too much. That's that's probably the answer to, to every Do We Care. All right, let's talk a little bit about movies. The movie uh, this week was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The brand new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Let's listen to a little bit of the soundtrack. Ah, yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows is the official subtitle. We once again join our quartet of Renaissance reptiles as they try to save New York City from certain peril. Renaissance reptiles? Yeah. Nice. That's Yeah, I came up with that one myself. It's even <laughs> alliterative. Uh, so, yeah, what did we think? Let's do with the uh, generals first. Now, Danae will say, did not get a chance to see this. My husband, however, did, and he sent me a series of texts. Oh, did he? Yes. That's wonderful. We'll get to those here in a second. Um, but Curious Low, give us the basics. Did you like it, love it, didn't like it, hated it, thought it was okay? I did not like it at all. I think it was one of the most boring cinematic experiences of my life. <laughs> Yay! I, I <laughs> really, really, really did not enjoy this movie. That's not to say that I don't think that people who are huge Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles fans won't like it. Just because I think that visually it's pretty cool and I, and I know what it's like to be able to see something that you really like kind of brought to the big screen. I get that. I did not have any fun with this movie Uh, uh, all right Lo, i'm gonna push you i'm gonna push you a little bit you said you didn't like it are you willing to say you hated it yes okay we're going all the way with the hated it (laughs) all the way uh i wouldn't go with the hated it i would go with the didn't like it bordering on it was okay like i was all right for me it was in this is really funny because i'm going to end up in this movie defending a movie i don't like uh or end up in this podcast defending a movie i don't like because you hated it so much 
Um, but this is, let's just start with the fact, this is a really bad movie. Uh, it, yes. And very No much, argument here. Did you, did you see the first one? I did. Okay. I thought it was very similar to the first one. I thought the first one was a really bad movie too. And I think it suffers yeah. from a lot of the same issues the first one had. Um, but gonna- I will say that I think from the first one to this one, they improved on some of the visuals. Okay. I think the turtles look a little bit better. I think Splinter looked a little bit better, but some of that is just, it's what, two years later, three years later? Yeah. And things are naturally going to look two better, years. but... Um, I, that is where I would start if I was talking about positives. I actually really like the design of the CG turtles. I didn't think I was going to, and I actually said this for the first one too. I didn't think I was going to like it because it looked a little weird, uh, in the posters, but seeing it in motion, it actually feels real to me. And I actually like those characters in that design. Um, so that's actually one of the things I do like about the movie uh, is the visual aspect of it. Plus, I think the action fits well with the design of the world and the design of the characters. So when they're doing the, you know, the rafting big action set piece or, you know, whatever it might be, uh, I think some of that stuff can be fun and interesting because it's visually interesting. Uh, I just, <laughs> for, for Justin, he said, if you have low expectations, then this movie is enjoyable, but only with a simple mindset. <laughs> there you go. So I don't know if you're talking about like, you know, embody some sort of small rodent and then you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> um, I know exactly what he's saying because for me, for me, it's not the, the simplicity or the silliness of it that bothers me. I don't mind a silly movie. It's okay oh, me either. to make a movie that is just crazy and silly and some of those jokes work, you know, here and there maybe a little bit but for me it's just the fact that there's nothing really to care about like i like the idea of these characters but the story they're putting them in doesn't give me a chance to really buy in or invest in anything with the uh with without spoiling anything because obviously we don't want to do any spoilers here uh there's a there's a, a conflict within the group of the four turtles that is happening that I never really feel like we are shown it happening until the very end. And all yes. of a sudden they have this big issue with each other. And I was so confused as to where they set that up. Yes. Why that happened. There's like name calling going on. Yes. And I don't even feel like even though there's some surface level level differences between the turtles about like what sort of jokes they tell. I don't feel like they have distinct personalities. We're told that they have distinct personalities and they certainly have different costumes. But they don't feel different to me. They just are shooting out silly one-liners that make it seem like they're different and all of a sudden they're fighting. It was, it threw me off if the movie wasn't already throwing me off. Right, like it's, <laughs> a, it's like a forced, they could have done yeah. more character development, but they just sort of did whatever they basically had to do to put a movie out. Well, you know what's the frustrating part about the conflict that you're talking about? Um, and I think I know the, the one you're talking about uh, because yeah. I felt the exact same way. The most frustrating part about that conflict for me is that could have actually made a really good movie. If you yeah. ex- if you expand the idea that they're toying with there to be the central theme of a movie with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it could have been really well done. You know, you put the the you know some really great storytelling brains behind crafting out that theme and what that would mean for these turtles. Uh, that's a movie that could have actually like you could have actually had some feels during, you know, like you could have got emotional during, but it's so surface and it's never, and you don't understand why it's happening. You don't understand where it comes from. And even worse, you don't understand the resolution 
like how did they like it didn't ever feel like it actually got resolved between them all of a sudden it was just okay you know so yeah. it was just and that's what's frustrating to me is it was actually i thought an interesting thing to think about yeah, and there were there were kind of two branches of it. There's one that was more about them wanting to change, and one of them was more about them fighting amongst each other. Right. And they both came out of nowhere for me. Right. Like they, and they both happened at about the same time, and I was so confused. This sounds like a super <sighs> dramatic friend that you're just like, every time you check in with them on the phone, it's just like some other random thing that comes up, and you just, <laughs> you, you just have to turn off all of your care because you can't even... <laughs> So it sounds like to uh, me. The care switch. Yeah. Just turn it off. That's exactly right. Like, where is this coming from? Like, you were yeah. fine a day ago. Like, right. what is what is wrong with you? How many things have happened in the last 24 hours that have turned you into this? And then, <laughs> you know, you're just trying to connect. <laughs> I love, I love uh, the idea that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have the four personalities and have, you know, the fun. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just their, my Saturday morning cartoons take, you know, uh, on a, a fine crime-fighting group of random people and they have a storyline around it it stinks that they can't find any way to bring in people who can bring it to life differently and that it has to be so flat yeah well, and i think uh, part of it i think is that in the cartoon I, I i was never like a huge fan of this but like i definitely have seen episodes i grew up around the time that it was really popular and i enjoyed it think it's great i think that they do a good job but i think part of it is that it's geared towards children they don't need to have super complicated plots and it can work that it's just these kind of sitcom four very different personalities thrown into situations together and now we're going to fight crime. What bothered me about the movie is that there's a couple moments where I felt like it was jarring that they were doing things that I feel like should be geared towards children and then do a certain joke that I was like, oh, I wouldn't want to bring my siblings to this who are quite a bit younger than me. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with them seeing this specific joke. There's one where... Two, oh God, it, where two men look down their pants and then fist bump. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> Did that just happen? Like, awesome. this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, that could not happen in this movie that where is, we are uh, making jokes about garbage cans I and still, pizza. I still think, and I know he hasn't directed either one of them. I still think that's the influence of Michael Bay producing these movies. I, I feel oh, like yeah. his, his adolescent mentality. Do you think he's just a perv? I don't know that he's a perv. I just think he's a teenage boy. Like, I mean, well, he's just but like as a grown man. If he's he's still loving to blow things up and show boobs and then make you know, yeah, junk jokes. Uh huh. Yeah. I as just, as I wonder, the only man on this podcast, <laughs> I know that all not, <laughs> let me all say, guys aren't like blowing that, things but... up, boobs and junk jokes. They are kind of in our repertoire, <laughs> but when we get to be when we get to be an adult, we understand the appropriateness. Okay, here's, appropriateness. Here's what bothers me about it. It doesn't have to be a formula for getting people to go to a movie. Exactly. That's yes. what bothers me. Well, it appeals you know? It appeals to the lowest common denominator right. of that type of humanity. And, yeah, I yeah. Think, and I think I, I'd rather movies not have a focus on that, like, in general. Well, it's the same thing. Let the story speak for itself. But if there's no story, let's blow stuff up and make, you know, It's the Transformers thing, right? Like, it's the same yeah. the same thing where, you know, the giant... I think um, I've just made a decision. The giant Transformer has the giant wrecking balls between his legs. Uh. And it's just like, you know, what? Like, why? You okay. Know? If I was to disallow one person in Hollywood industry from being able to continue, <laughs> I think Michael Bay is at the top. If there could You're going like to use that one time only like yeah. free pass it's your on him. I have yeah. like a one time pass for taking any insect off the planet. I think I've reserved that for the mosquito. Okay. In in the case of creating entertainment, 
I think it would be Michael Bay, pretty sure. Michael Bay, you are the mosquito and your movies are malaria. Yes. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is basically oh, what you just said. Uh, no, I totally understand. And, and, it's, and it's throughout this. I don't think it's quite to the level that the first you know, Transformers movies were. But it is definitely there, just kind of the adolescent mentality and the and that kind of stuff. And we haven't even talked about the other thing in this movie, the plot convenience. And I had the same trouble in the first one. The writers just write things to happen because they need them to happen in these movies. And the opening scene of this movie is one of the most ridiculous, mind-numbingly moronic scenes I have ever seen with some of the things that happen. And you go, no. No, not in a real world. That would never happen. And uh, like the idea that and I'll just I don't think it's much of a spoiler, but the idea that I don't think anyone cares that Megan Fox would have to change into a schoolgirl's outfit to uh. get close to a like in, in a public mall setting, you know, like it's just like really like it's just. It's mind-numbing at some point. So. I'm really, I will say that I am a little bit proud that they did not have her just totally undress in the middle of a mall. That they did have her use a skirt that was snap-on, uh-huh. so she didn't have to take off her previous skirt before she put it on. Yeah. Because as, as she was walking toward the skirt, I was like, no. Oh, Megan. No, no. <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> yeah. And she didn't. Yeah. So good job. A little bit of restraint. There you go. That's, yeah. <laughs> so you see, Lo, you found something. There's a about there's the a movie. tick in the positive <laughs> column. <laughs> Check. Uh Danae, did you have anything else from Justin that he uh that he wanted to share? Wait, a movie about superheroes where they are working through their dysfunction while preparing to battle against a portal in the sky in New York? <laughs> oh yeah. Why didn't they I just have make seen... this the Teenage Mutant Ninja Avengers? That was his number one kind of thing. So I the think- end of this movie is the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It really, it really uh. is. And what's crazy is the first one. The first one didn't even have an original concept. It was right. It was no. the whole Spider-Man Bar- thing where you know, yeah. yeah, the lizard, you know, makes everybody into something, and Spider-Man has to stop it. And which itself was actually borrowed from the first X-Men movie, where they were trying to turn everybody into X-Men from the sky. Like it's just it's. And I know that there that things borrow from other things, but. It'd be nice to have a little bit of originality with, you know, kind of what you're doing. Um, brought up in chat, something else to kind of go back and touch on. Uh, Spartan Knight makes a good point. He says, okay, time to defend Michael Bay, although I shouldn't be doing this. He has made movies that are much more mature, and he has said that he is having trouble getting those kinds of projects greenlit because all the studio wants is Transformers. Yeah. Okay. I... Fine. I liked the first Transformers movie. What? I mean, it's certainly the first one. It's cer- the first one. The okay. first Not any one. of the sequels. Okay. I think the I'm first one knows what it wanted to be. Yes, it wasn't super deep, but it was fun. It was cohesive um, as a story. Yes, there are plot conveniences, but because it knew what it wanted to be, and I wasn't thinking, is this a children's movie? Is this aimed at teens, adults? What's happening? It was definitely aimed at teenagers that grew up with the Transformers. So I could get on board and kind of switch off the parts of my brain that think critically and just enjoy Shia LaBeouf screaming. I'm okay with that. <laughs> when you when you have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it feels like they were simultaneously making a movie for children and a movie for, like, teenage boys. And I don't think those mix particularly well. I just don't think that we have to continue to, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm way off base. I don't know that we have to make the same jokes over and over and over again. You know? (laughs) 
I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it does sell a ticket. Maybe somebody is going to go to that movie and think, you know what made that movie? When they looked down their pants and fist bumped. <laughs> that made that movie. Well, there were people in our screening that certainly laughed at that. So yep. I should say Same. I should say my screening was mostly college age guys. Was it like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. It's because they were yeah. drunk. <laughs> what do we I, I should say that there were three other people in my theater. <laughs> Wow. I think we had about a dozen. Okay. I think in ours. Okay. <laughs> um, I there's also I also wanted to talk. Maybe this will be my one more thing because I think we probably should uh, should move, move on. on here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so let's do one more thing about the movie and maybe Danae, if you have one more thing from Justin, you could okay pull up and and uh, Lo, if you'll be thinking of one more thing you want to talk about. Got for, it. For mine, I want to say, I actually think Tyler Perry may be a good actor. Um, he was not given a lot to work with in this and i'm not saying this is a great oscar worthy performance but i have looked at him recently and some of the stuff he's done uh gone girl was another one and just thought that dude actually can be more than just himself like he can actually you know do the acting thing so i wanted to throw that out there i wondered what if if he caught your attention and this is kind of the nerdy scientist at all uh i mean he certainly pretended to be a nerdy scientist <laughs> I didn't buy it, but he was trying. <laughs> What's your one more thing today? Um, don't see this movie. Okay. Good call. Good call. <laughs> My one more thing, just because we did not touch on him at all, is uh, Stephen Amell as Casey Jones. I was okay with him. I mean, they didn't give him a lot to do, but I liked the sequence where he uh, improvised rollerblades. It was interesting <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. That was fine. All right, I think overall uh, you're not going to get any of us to say that, that this is something you should check out. Um, but, man, you would have to be a hardcore Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, I think. to, Or maybe if you are, maybe you'd like it even less. I don't know because I'm not necessarily a hardcore fan, but it's it's not a very well-done movie. Um, so that's what I would say. I'm just stuck on that fist bump thing. <laughs> There's more than just it that. Was, I'm so There's, stuck uh, on it. There's so much I, more I than just that. I didn't see it. I didn't see it, but now it's in my mind. So thanks for that. All right, I, let's. Oh, I will say um, before we move on okay. to, uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about the mugs here in a second. But before we move on to that, uh, I also saw Popstar last night, and I think it's interesting to transition our conversation from immature humor to a movie like Popstar, which is also lots of immature humor, or I should say, raunchy humor, or you know those kind of things. Uh, obviously made for an adult audience, which I think makes it a little bit different. Um, but man, I have to tell you, I have never seen a movie. I, I think this is true. I have never seen a movie that at the same time was this raunchy and this hilarious. Like it is one of the funniest it's movies I have ever seen. In the pants fist bump joke to the next level. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it's actually what it... appealing to you, the more mature raunchy that's, man. That's right. There's there's some there's some smarts in in the way they look down the pants in this one. There's some I I'm telling you, and uh I think oh, no. the guys in Lonely Island, uh, this is the perfect movie for them to do like a Justin Bieber-ish type you know pop star documentary style because the movie's done documentary style like it's following you know this um up and rising pop this, star this pop star and kind of what he's been through oh, and, to okay. be, and to be able to do that and to pull off the humor at that level and also it actually has a pretty heartwarming story to it as well that i actually bought into and at the same time have that many 
just off the wall, over the top, raunchy jokes in it. It was just, it was an experience I don't know that I've experienced before. And uh, it, take that for what it's worth, if, if, you know, if it's one you want to see. But I just, man, I just had to get that research. out there. No, yeah, no I, I think Popstar looks awesome. Uh, like, I think it looks hilarious. And I really like Lonely Island. So I'd, I'd believe that it's, oh my it's goodness. a good movie. They, they, they are so perfect for this. This movie, I mean, it was literally written for them. But I mean, I mean, it's just you can't imagine a better movie for them to showcase their sense of humor and, you know, how they do things than this movie. And Timberlake nice. in this just he he's he's not like he's a main you know star in it, but he just steals the show for me. There's so many great cameos in it. It's it sounds like a fun ride. Oh, uh, It's a fun ride. But man, yeah, do your research for sure. Your wife is in the chat. She says, I'm ashamed to say I laughed so hard and, and enjoyed Popstar. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that should be like the subtitles. Like, I'm ashamed to say I actually enjoy- I laughed. Well, you know, we come from we also, you know, we come from the Christian community as well. And, you know, just to say that you laughed at something. It's not like you're going to go to Sunday school on Sunday and be like, hello, friends. I would like a, to recommend a oh, movie for it? you. You know, the guy that does uh, stuff Christians like. Uh, John Acuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Acuff, when we interviewed him, he was like, have you seen such and such a movie? And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, it's not one I would show in Sunday school, (laughs) but it's one that has, you know, this to say, that kind of thing. So, you know, there is that element of, as adults, we can, you know, interact with this stuff. You're going to have have it on for movie night. Be aware. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Just be aware. (laughs) Just be aware. All right, Danae, tell us about uh, what's going on with the mugs. Kind of some exciting stuff. Yeah, you might not know. So... Sif Pop, this podcast is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. Aaron and I started a podcast many years ago called Shoe the Dough, and then we've expanded one of those segments to be this podcast called mm-hmm. Sif Pop. So we actually right now are selling Shoe the Dough mugs, and it's just going to be a one-time run, and then they're done. So this mug will never be created again. It's the original logo for Shoe the Dough, and we would love for you to grab one. The way that this works is it's on a time frame. So there's only, as of today, 15 days remaining to get a mug. And so for the next 15 days, you're welcome to go. You can buy one. They're 10 bucks. I think it's like $3 for shipping too. So kind of expect that. And then you'll have a little shoe the dough mug along with the, the rest of us original logo it's our original which logo. has since, since been kind of retired so yep so it's kind of a way to get it out there and just let people enjoy it it's really fun if even if you can't buy a mug if you love the show share it with your friends and let people know uh that it's available the website to go to is tchip.com t-e-e-c-h-i-p.com slash shoe the dough mug so tchip.com slash shoe the dough mug I probably should put the link up on the website, but you know what? I'm not gonna, because I am bad with my to-do list. I'll never forget, uh, we started Shoe the Dough, which, in case you don't know, is a spoonerism for do the show, because uh, the first time Danae came in to co-host a show with me, I said, you ready to shoe the dough? And the look on her face was like, what is he talking about? Like, what is going on this morning on this thing? And In uh, my mind, I saw deer. Uh-huh. And I saw shoes and I saw dough for like making bread and it was and I saw money in my mind and I'm staring at him while all these images are going and I have just like the blankest stare. And then he finally was like do the show. Yeah. It's a spoonerism for do the show. So Shoe the Dough uh, became a podcast, now a podcast network, but I never forget when we were creating that old original logo together and we had that moment where we realized the letters lined up and could connect to each other for shoe the and dough like you know kind of run into each other like a waterfall it was just like you know 
It was there. It is, guys. I'm telling you, I designed this thing uh, along with Aaron. And that moment, whenever I was showing him how the letters could match up, it was as if the heavens. Yeah, the heavens opened and the angels (laughs) sang. So now you can have that on a mug. It will. You can have it on the mug. Enjoy it. I just linked it in the Mixler chat. Uh, It's at our Facebook, which is facebook.com/slash Aaron and Danae, and it's also on Twitter. I'm at Danae says Aaron is at Aaron Dicer. So those are where the links exist. And of course, if you want me to send you an email, I can do that too. Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. All right, moving on to our second pop culture topic. We wanted to talk a little bit about the new season of So You Think You Can Dance. Dance, dance, dance. dance. This is one of our favorite <laughs> shows. And uh, Curious Low is a dancer. So we figured we might, we might as well talk about it. Plus, they're doing something new this season that we find a little interesting. Uh, first of all, though, Curious Low, tell us about your dance background, like, you know, and, your, and watching I've, the show. I've been dancing since I was three. I've done everything from ballet to break dancing. I'm a professional hip hop dancer and jazz dancer. I taught for years. I've been in multiple different adult hip hop companies. Yeah, lots of dancing in my background. As far as the show goes, I actually know multiple people who have been on this show. Probably the closest person I've been to um, from season two, I think it was, Ivan Kamiva was my hip-hop teacher. He was my first hip-hop teacher. Oh, nice. Um, he went on, I think he got sixth place that year. So obviously not like the top or anything. But yeah, yeah. I've danced with many That's people still who pretty have been far on along. that. I've danced with um, Twitch, who's probably one of the more famous oh, winners yeah. of the show. Oh, yeah, we all love Twitch, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, That's it's, really cool. it's, you'd be surprised how small the dance community is. I've taken classes from people that choreograph on the show. Well, you're also in the L.A. area, right? Now I am, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, for the last year and a half. Oh, so so you were dancing. Did you dance with Twitch before you moved to L.A. or after? No, uh, he he was actually, um, I don't know if he's from Seattle or just lived there for a while or whatever. But oh, if cool. you are not in L.A., um, the place to be for hip hop is Seattle. Not that you would think that, that but is weird. there's a huge hip-hop community in Seattle. Like, if you're going to do ballet, you go to New York. If you're going to do hip-hop, you go to L.A. But the secondary for actually both of those is uh, is Seattle. Oh, that's interesting. So Seattle like <laughs> yeah. a, is like a dance capital then? Like, Oh, for sure. Um, they've got multiple different dance schools. Um, the Pacific Northwest Ballet is phenomenal. Westlake Dance Center is like a huge, well-known hip-hop dance. Uh, I mean, they have all different styles of dance there, but they're that's definitely so cool. well-known for their hip-hop. One yeah. of the things that's really interesting about this season, and I don't know how much you know yet uh, about... I haven't seen... There's only been one episode so far, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah just I haven't ep- seen it yet. Have you read about the judging process or like their new nope. setup this year? Do you mind being told about that now? Go for it. We're gonna I'm, go I'm intrigued. <laughs> go for it. So... You know, you're a, a dancer and you are an adult dancer. And this year, So You Think You Can Dance is focusing on the younger dancers. Ah. And the interesting kind of... 8 to 13 eight is the to age 13. range. 8 to 13. Wow. All, all, yeah, what do you think about that? That's crazy. That's awesome. But that's crazy. It, wow, I had no idea. It does change things a little bit unexpectedly. It changes things a lot. Because, yeah, I guess a lot. Because... Yeah. You know, they're they're kids, so it's not like you're watching somebody that's like your peer group or your age group or somebody who's emoting. About... Unless you are a kid, and then, then you would <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised how awesome some child dancers can be. Well, there, there are some great ones out there. One of my most favorite I found years and years and years ago on a horrible TV show called Dance Moms. And now she's, you know, risen to fame. <laughs> Maddie. Maddie. Yep. And when I saw her dance um, on a stage to see a song, and then I saw the video that had come out for Chandelier, 
I was like, I know that dancer and I couldn't, I, and then all of a sudden it just clicked when the, that was my first experience with Maddie was the chandelier video. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Maddie. Captivating. She's a beautiful dancer. She's the new judge on So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah. So she's judging this year. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh man. I am so intrigued because I tend not to watch the show live. I'm not a huge reality TV fan, like for no particular reason in other than I just get frustrated. Um, especially with something like this where I want to just watch the dances mm-hmm. and then they have all these like background and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I just don't care. So I just usually watch the dances on like YouTube after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it has been very interesting and I guess I'll go into a little of my specific thoughts on the new season. It's called the next generation. Um, first of all, I'm going to get this out there because it's been this way since last season and it's not changing and it's frustrating to me. Oh, Paula no. Abdul and Jason Derulo, Ugh. I could so do without them. I I wasn't going to watch <clears throat> this season again because I do not like their judging style. It's not that they're bad people or even that they don't know they're what they're talking about. Boring. It's just that they're boring. They're yeah, so they boring. Just, they, they don't know how to interact with the dancers in an entertaining way. Paula and when, speaks almost only in cliches. Right. And when you're, when you're relying on Nigel Lithgow to be your entertainment <laughs> on the judging panel... Like, that's just, that's, I mean, and he's fine. He's actually fine. I don't mind him on the judging panel. He is entertaining, but there needs to be somebody besides him that can be a different kind of entertaining. But one of the fun things about Nigel is every once in a while, he'll just gush about one of the dancers. Yeah. He won't do that this year. You're not <laughs> oh, going to you gush like over a beautiful female dancer yeah, yeah, that's, right, yeah. you know, eight years old, yeah. you know? So part of his fun. Well, it feels mildly inappropriate when he does it with the older dancers oh, yeah. as well. But I can't imagine. But at least they're of age, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I I also I'm totally with you on that and and Maddie is not yet shown up in the in the episodes we're watching which is just the edition episodes we're getting to she learn has a more. brief cameo in the intro of the first episode just and so we know she's coming they've redone the title sequence that's it's very much aimed more towards the younger generation it's aimed more towards a you know social media uh, in, integrated into um, web culture mm-hmm. which is kind of fun to watch I I don't I definitely enjoyed that. And I love seeing Kat Dealey again. Kat's but great. I was totally ready to check out because of the new judges. I do not like them. And now I have the kids. I'm interested to see Maddie, but I'm not connecting to the dancers just yet. So I am. I'm excited to see, hear you know your your excitement and then also low yours, because one of the things I do like is that they're obviously going to be inspiring a lot of a, this next generation of dancers to really get involved in the show because they haven't ever been, you know, cultivated in mind like this on this national level. The only time we really have seen really young dancers are these reality TV shows and things like that. Or if you happen to actually catch competitions that are airing for some reason on any of like, you know, your TV resources, I haven't been able to see anything more than just the reality stuff. And I like to watch it for the dances all the drama and all of the other crud that goes around it is super, super annoying. Well, here it can be on So You Think You Can Dance in more of a focus on the art. So yeah. I'm really I'm, I'm in for another season for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely in uh, already in one episode. I've I, OK, so I have I have kind of extreme views on both sides. All right. I love watching these kids dance in the skill that they have. And I love I okay, I cried three times during the, the season premiere. There is something about kids in when they feel something and when they emote and when they tell their story that I maybe it's just, you know, I'm a dad of four, maybe it's having my own kids, that there's just a connection there that that just tugs on my heartstrings, right? 
Yeah. The other side of that is they are so annoying when they're annoying. Like precocious children, there's something about them. <laughs> and stage parents, those are two things that I'm just like, I know I'm just going to get annoyed at and just going to have to like deal with this season because there's something about those things that, that you know, kind of gets under my skin a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. This is so funny to hear you guys talk about because I'm so used to all of it. Like, this stuff is just my norm. I've been right. a dance teacher for years. I teach ages 3 to 18. Like, I, I, I deal with dance parents on the regular. I wow. deal with, I deal with, and it, the reality shows hit it on the head. They, they really do. Like, dance parents are ridiculous. Um, no offense to my own parents, um, <laughs> but, uh, well, and that's it's a, true. That's a, that's a generalization, obviously not true for everybody, but there is, right, right. you know, there, there is something about, listen, when you're a parent and you're pouring in the kind of money that it takes to put your kids into dance, oh, yeah. like you're going to be very invested in them getting the very best opportunities possible. And they, uh, dance parents are aggressive. Watching oh, these parents, <laughs> watching these families, watch their kids dance is at, at times some of the most entertaining and some of the most annoying things I've seen on the, the premiere. Like, it's just like... I didn't, I didn't mind it, maybe because I've been watching the reality shows. I didn't mind yeah, you've that watched, part. you've watched Dance Moms or whatever. I haven't watched that. Like, I'm just not used to this. So it's just foreign to me. Although they're not showing the drama, let's just be specific. They're, they're not really going into the parents behind the scenes talking with each other and doing... None of that is present. It's literally the parents sitting on stage while the child auditions. Right. Yeah. So and then learning a little bit about their story. And you can tell that the auditions have been done for a while. And then they've done an entire production series where they get to know the kids who are going on to what they're calling the Dance Academy. So this season. Yeah. They go, have, go over the structure a little bit more because there's another part of this that I really like in the structure. They have their auditions. And then once the children have been chosen, they did an entire, like I said, production series where they send out the camera crews, learn more about these kids. And we get to see those clips in this first episode. So we get to kind of learn more about some of the kids that are rising to the top. They don't get a ticket to Las Vegas. They get a ticket to the Dance Academy. And then at the Dance Academy, they're going to be paired up with one of the other professional dancers from the series. An all-star. An all-star. All oh, I love it. So they kind of get to have a mentor, and then they're all going to be going through this process well, at the Dance Academy just, as mentors. They're not just paired up at the Dance Academy. I think that's how they pick the final 10. There are 10 all-stars, and each one will pick the one that they'll be coaching through the, the rest of the series. The rest of the series. Yep. So each of the 10 all-stars will pick one of the kids to be there, you know. What's what's going to be really interesting what's, is to... What's not mentor? Mentee? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. That yeah. sounds, like, it sounds too much like mentee. manatee. But <laughs> each <laughs> of the all-stars will pick their manatee. manatee. Yeah, okay. I like this. So I, I'm kind of curious how that will go. I'm, I, I'm, I love the idea that we've got these um, all-stars who these kids have been looking up to this entire time watching the show. Like, literally watching the show probably since they were five years old. And yeah. eight, you know what I'm saying? So their heroes are going to be there. And it's it's got that feel to it, kind of like when you see a kid dress up like their favorite superhero and then go to the movie or get to meet like the actor or actress that's behind that character. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It has that feel to it where these kids have idolized these dancers. I do love the kids' stories, like you're mentioning, them talking about why they're dancing or what's going on in their home life and the struggles that a kid has to think about too. Yeah. 
I do love that we're, as a culture, going to be taking a closer look at the lives of kids through this dance academy. I'm really excited about it. Could it. Be, it could be really interesting. And could be a total flop. We'll find out. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. <laughs> um, so, but Lo, you're on board then. Sounds like you, you're going to be looking into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always watch all the dances throughout the summer as it progresses. I just have, it's probably been at least five or six years since I actually watched the show live and mm-hmm. cared about the judging and all that. Because also partly, since I am a dancer, sometimes I just totally disagree with what the judges are saying. Oh, sure. Not that, that, not that that gives me like more right or whatever, uh, but like sometimes, especially when they have judges that aren't dancers or that are maybe not, like that's not their focus. Like sometimes they've had like actors in the past and... Ellen DeGeneres and like things like that that like they'll say things and I'm like that's not right but okay <laughs> so I just I just decided to forego that part and stop being pretentious and just watch the dances <laughs> no I totally get it um I I'm excited to see what happens and you know with one episode down I actually Fox is the one network uh that I actually have access to shows before they air and I'm tempted to go Watch Do it. some of the So You Think You Can Dance stuff Do it. That's yeah. in my folder. That'd be fun. Usually I wait till everybody else has seen them to watch TV just because I have so much TV to watch uh, that, you know, I'm like, it's finally like summer where I can breathe and like catch up on stuff I've missed. In fact, as we get into our uh, buried treasure here, I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, a show that I finally caught up on. Um, but it's just, you know, I, I'm, my, I'm really excited about So You Think You Can Dance, so... And I haven't been this excited about So You Think You Can Dance since, like, season two or season three, you know? Like, I've always watched it and enjoyed it, but I just haven't been, like, super excited about it. So it's nice to care, I think. All right, on to our buried treasure. We'll finish off with something in the world of pop culture that we want to let people know about uh, before we head on. Does my screen protector count? (laughs) As pop culture? No, well, that is absolutely technology. No, but here's that is, tech. That okay. is not pop <laughs> but, culture. But, but, but. It Danae. Is, but listen, it's pretty amazing and I want to talk about it. You can Go ahead. Talk about your screen protector and then okay. find something in the world of pop culture to let people know about. I g- purchased a screen protector for my cell phone, which uh-huh. is tempered glass. So if it falls, it, it'll crack the glass. Mm-hmm. That's known. But it's called a um, a secure protector. Mm-hmm. And it's it's dark not too dark that you can't see it but what they've done is they've made it to where when you tilt your screen right the people that are around you cannot see. see it yeah so you're looking at your screen you're texting your friend and if someone's standing kind of in front of you or to the right or to the left of you they actually can't see what you're doing and i don't have a lot of nefarious activity in my life <laughs> however i do like the i i have a huge screen i have a, a note four bigger screens are a lot uh-huh. more popular now but it's basically like a cookie. You can sheet. see it across from across the room. Yes, yeah. if I'm watching a video or something, and there's someone beside me, they can easily see what's going. on. If you're on not wearing there. your Bluetooth, it looks like you're holding a tablet up to your head when you take <laughs> yeah, phone calls. Yeah, it's legit. Got it. But I really love it because, and I tested it today. I went to go pick up some lattes this morning, and I actually asked the person who was taking my order, and I asked a random person in line. <laughs> I had this moment. I was like, "Hey, I know this is going to sound awkward, but..." Can you see if you can peep my screen? Will, will you spy on my screen for a second? <laughs> and they couldn't see it. It was all blacked out for them. Nice. And so I was really uh, enjoying that. It did darken the st- screen a bit. It does change it to where, you know, even for me, if I tilt my screen, I've got to be able to look on it pretty it, much head on. But I really like it It so reminds far. me of, it's actually the exact same technology, by the way. But it reminds me of the glasses-free 3D that the Nintendo DS, the 3DS does. 
So mm. you don't have to wear 3D glasses because your one eye is actually seeing a different screen than your other eye. Whoa. So because it's the same idea, right? Like it, it filters, you know, a certain part. Um, but in the same way, you have to hold the 3DS, you know, perfectly in the right place so you can see in 3D. Um, but you don't need glasses or anything like that because the screen is designed that way. So it's pretty interesting technology for sure. And they're talking about using it on regular 3D TVs too, where they're trying to figure out a way to polarize and filter the screen so that anybody in the room will see in 3D even without glasses. So that's kind of one of the next big things is auto stereoscopic 3D. So it could be interesting. Same technology. Plus, Danae. Yes. Plus, you can now follow your dreams of being a super secret spy. <laughs> that's maybe the that's possibly the root of why i'm so excited is i'm like i'm more ninja like than ever before i haven't been yeah. nefarious in my life but now i can i know totally now i can see you like how i took your screen and then tied it into television and then see oh, so that that pop that culture. See, i like tied it all the way around into I mean, 3d I, you know i did have pop a culture. show that i could just like throw out there that all i'm right, watching throw, but throw out your show i've been watching catfish oh nice i don't think i've talked about that on the on stuff pop yet. i thought you had but maybe you haven't Okay, I've been watching the the real O'Neills. <laughs> Which one do you want me to go with? Uh, last night, a friend asked me to watch uh, the first episode of the real O'Neills. I don't even know what that is. Which is uh, on Hulu. Is that like Shaquille O'Neal? It is. It's interesting because the premise is is like the perfect Christian family that does all the right things, and, and then in one afternoon, everything kind of like comes out. The you, you find out that the parents aren't doing that great, and each of these kids has these secrets that they didn't the want to share. Is it fiction? Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's not a reality show. No. Okay. Um, and and then come to find out, like them confessing to each other what was really going on in their lives, the entire church was listening. So it's sort of like the sudden demolition of the perfect, you know, it's, yeah, life. it's like f- forced transparency. Yeah. 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 So she asked me to watch it. I watched it. I actually think that it was pretty good. I mean, it's. I think it's going to hit on some pretty important topics. One Did of the kids seem... has anorexia. The other one is coming out of the closet as gay. One of them is a kleptomaniac. You know, so they, they're kind of going extreme, and it's certainly got that sort of like over the top feel to it. You know, one of the guys, uh, the the main character, I think, is the the one coming out as gay. I think if if I'm reading the first pilot, mm-hmm. the pilot correctly, and he has a very vivid imagination, and so like he'll be glancing in the mirror, and then something will happen, and it's like in all in his imagination, and it comes back to his real life. So oh, I, I don't know. It, it is. It's definitely dealing with some stronger topics that you know. How does it handle? How does the Christianity that you see on that show mm-hmm. compare to the Christianity you see in your real world? Like you know, you know a lot of Christians. You're in. You know. I mean, the church that they go to is, I think, a Catholic church, okay. uh, and it's, it's so it's a little it, more it liturgical. Felt, it and... felt it felt like an AG church, but they're using Catholic references where. If anything happens in your family, it's gossip for everyone, and it's just all about having the pre- the 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 look and feel of having a perfect life. And the mom is guilting all the family into being perfect all the time, you know. So it, I, I think it actually has some pretty genuine tones to it. Of yeah, we're being judged on all all fronts, and mm-hmm. you know. But then it's got that humor to it too. So I'm just kind of curious if the humor will. That sounds interesting. Kick in over time. Sounds uh, interesting. Would you say you liked it? That you enjoyed it? Yeah, that you watch I another think so. episode. I think I'm going to watch a couple episodes, maybe two or three. Give it a few. Uh, the real O'Neills, um, the the cast of it. I guess it's ABC. Yeah. Uh, the cast is. What's the lady's name? I don't know. Oh, she's <laughs> she's on 
she's been on so many different things. I don't know. She's the mom character. I'll try to find her name, but go ahead. You can do your thingy now, and then if I come up with it all. Uh, I already mentioned mine is, uh, and we'll finish with you, Lo, but I'll, I'll go ahead and do mine. I finally, because it's summer, been able to catch up on some TV. Uh, I've been catching up on The Blacklist uh, this new season. I finally started watching this last season, The Blacklist, which is really good. But I finally watched all 16 episodes of The Walking Dead uh, this last season, and I watched them over the course of like yes. two days. I have to say... I don't know if it's because I binged watch them and I've actually never done that with The Walking Dead. I've watched them once a week when they're on. Um, I This may be my favorite season of The Walking Dead. Like it was really powerful and, um, and, and really interesting. And I mean, the ending is just, you know, heart wrenching and I can't believe I have to wait, you know, so much longer to you know find out what's going on uh, because I don't read the comics. And I'm sure if you read the comics, maybe you know a lot of this stuff, but um but I have to say, as you know, as gr- you know, grotesquely violent as that show is because of the zombies and, and that kind of stuff, uh, they're doing some real work there with themes and messages. Mm. And uh, this past season really impressed me. So, I, and I had kind of given up on The Walking Dead somewhat, which is actually why I didn't watch it when it was on, you know, every week last season. Last couple seasons just kind of, you know, not been great for me. But I, I really thought it was great. Lo, did you watch? Do you watch? Oh, I, yeah, I cover The Walking Dead. That's one of the shows that I'm in charge of on Geekvolution. Um, and, oh, yeah, I love, I'm all about zombies. I've always been a big zombie person, so any anything I can do to get more zombies in my life is something I will do. Am I, am I know, way short, out? Of- short of killing people and bringing them back to life. I won't <laughs> sort, do that. Sort of actu- <laughs> short of actual reanimation. Uh, yes. <laughs> did you feel that, that this season was any better than the last couple seasons? Am I way off? Is it because I'm binge watching them? Like what? You know. I think I think it might be partly because you were binge watching it. Because I know I always enjoy stuff more when I binge watch because you get the entire story yeah. all in one go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I I it lost me a little bit in the middle. Um, some of the middle episodes were okay. not my favorite, but I loved the end. I think the the cliffhanger was cruel and unusual. Yeah. Punishment. Absolutely. But. <laughs> But you know that's it's TV. They gotta have that cliffhanger to to bring people in. So I get it. I just wish that I knew. What it was makes happening. me, and I'm <laughs> I'm actually having the same experience with binge watching Blacklist now the entire season. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, if I can figure out a way to just binge watch, binge watch stuff. Just let stuff pile up and only watch it when I have the full season because it's it's such a better experience. At least I thought it was, especially with dramas. Comedies not so much. Comedies I actually like week to week over binge watching. But dramas, man, binge-watching them seems to be the way to go. Well, because with comedies, you get that sort of sitcom, individual, each episode has its own plot, and there right. isn't really overarching plot. So it, you can just pick up an episode at any point and get the whole story. So there you go. My other one would have been to say that I think Hail Caesar is out uh, on Blu-ray and DVD here soon, So, or if it's not already, and that's one you need to pick up and watch. I don't know if this happened. I mean, maybe it did. Uh, but my mother is in the chat and she said that she's about to guilt me into insinuating that she is like that church mom. <laughs> so mother, for the record, you are perfect. <laughs> oh, <phew. laughs> Disaster averted. Uh, the name of the actress that I was trying to think of is um, Plinkton. I don't know. Uh, she was the young girl, Martha Plimpton. She was in Goonies. It was the first time I ever saw her. Oh, okay. She's one. Of, cool. She's yeah. the she's the girl in Goonies. But you, right. you recognize her when you see her. What's your uh, buried treasure, Lo? I'm going. I'm going old school. Yeah. Digging deep for this treasure. I have also <laughs> been watching a show on Netflix, and it's a show that I've watched before. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Nice. I 
I loved this show when it was on. I remember watching it a ton when I was younger, but I think now that I am rewatching it with my husband, who is one of three boys, um, that so many things that happen in this show are like in a new light, I guess. And I, I'm so surprised at how well it holds up because I loved it when I was younger, but wow, it's so funny. And all of the characters, I, one thing that I don't like about some current TV shows is that they put a bunch of characters together that you hate, and that's why it's funny. With Malcolm in the Middle, I mean, like, the one I'm thinking of is The Office, that I just didn't like anybody on that show, but it was still funny, but I felt bad <laughs> for liking <laughs> that them. they existed. You didn't even yeah. like Jim and Pam? Like, come on, you gotta like Jim oh, and Pam. Oh, they are horrible people! They are so <laughs> mean to everyone in that office. Um, no, but Malcolm you in the Middle... You make a fair point. It, <laughs> I feel like even even the mom who's sort of this like stereotypical like over controlling like her and the dad like work so well together and it's like this actual really loving relationship even though it's sort of dysfunctional and like all the brothers they they have their moments where they're terrible to each other but they also have each other's backs in yeah. certain moments ah it's it's such a great show if you have watched it before I would definitely recommend rewatching it all of it is on Netflix if you haven't yeah, I think it still holds up really well, and it's so it's great. kind of like growing up in like the '90s, like early 2000s. It like perfectly captures that era of of growing up. So I relate to it hardcore. I and, love it, and it has that incredible "They Might Be Giants" theme song, which is yes, so and so Brian Cranston, like yeah. so funny. If you've only Bad. ever seen yeah. him, yeah, if you've only ever seen him on Breaking Bad, like you might not realize how funny he can be. But wow, I can't believe it's the same actor from those two shows because they're like night and day different. But. No, for sure. You know, I've I've often said the show, and it's it's kind of funny that it is, but the show on TV right now that is Malcolm in the Middle-ish is The Middle. It the just, Middle, It yeah. just doesn't have the Malcolm, which literally yeah. take Malcolm out of the title and you've got The Middle. Uh, <laughs> it, it reminds me of that, you know, the family that's working through stuff or whatever, but you like the characters and you like these people and uh, the, those two shows always kind of kind of feel like symbiotic in some way to me but um but man i i love them so good good choice yeah. fun stuff well, there you go there in the we middle. go nice <laughs> i think you sh- i think you should have to sing the theme song for us curious low if you're gonna bring up malcolm oh, in the gosh. middle oh gosh all right all right i don't know that i remember all the words here we go yes no maybe i don't know can you repeat the question you're, you're not, not the, the boss, boss of me now, now. <laughs> You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now, and you're not that big. Or something like that. I don't know. We faded out pretty well, I think. Yeah, I think we did just fine. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for Sif Pop today. Uh, As always, it's a pleasure to talk pop culture with you. Um, If you want to know more about this podcast or other podcasts on the Shoe the Dough Podcast Network, you can find that out at Mixler, uh, mixler.com slash shoe the dough. You can follow the feed there, catch them live if you want. All of the shows are in the show reel there. So if you ever wanted to go back. Our mi- exclusive pre and post show. The pre and show. post show stuff that you don't hear on the actual podcast. You can find out more about Aaron and Danae at AaronandDanae.com. That's huge, true. Huge thanks to today's <gasps> guru, the Curious Woo! Low. Woo! Woo! Thanks for having me. Uh, what do you want to plug, Low? What can people, where can people go see you? Uh, mostly you can see me at Geekvolution on YouTube, where I know you can see some of the other gurus that have been on here. Steve is there. Captain Logan is there. Some people you guys might know. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at the Curious Low, 
and I will caution you, I swear a lot. So if you are somebody <laughs> that is offended by that, maybe don't check me out on Twitter. Or if um, you do, but don't hate. Yeah, yeah, don't hate, don't hate. You have been warned. <laughs> but yeah, Geekvolution, I'm doing a lot of fun stuff there. I'm so excited to be part of that team for the last couple months now. I think it's been like two months. It's so funny. Uh, a lot of our gurus will say, Andrew said the same thing. Like, if you come check out my channel, it's it's not quite as clean as this. And it's like, <laughs> we're all adults. Geekvolution is. Geekvolution yeah, no, right. is all about being clean. But no, just my, my personal Twitter. I, I tend to take out my frustrations <laughs> of working guest, re- guest services at a hotel. Nice. <laughs> my frustration goes to my Twitter, so much love. You'll be entertained if nothing else. There you go. There you go. Much love and gratitude to our <laughs> Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the Shoe the Dough Network possible. Sports starts at a buck a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Also, if you have a podcast idea or know of a podcast you'd like to see on the network, let us know. You can email us at Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. Boom. Is that, is that how it ends? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.